Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. All right, so we are recording. We're back. We're back. We're ready. This idea is taking shape. We're starting to have, uh, you know, really more in-depth, robust conversations about what we want to discuss in the podcast. You got reprimanded for cutting me off. And I, I love that it was your daughter that reprimanded. So, you know, I'm, listen. So if we get you. off topic, it's my daughter and Fernando's <laughs> fault. I tried to bring him on track and my daughter said, That's no, right. no, let him run with it. That's right. You got to run so with it. And just, he gets a little bit like a wild horse. Sometimes. That's where, <laughs> That's where the editing comes in. Yes. So you know we're we're in a we're starting this busy time of the year where we're going to start to travel, and um, I think one of the most exciting and one of the most rewarding trips that we do as realtors is the Greater American Realtor Days in in Tallahassee, which we're getting ready to go into next year. So when I first got into leadership and you know I started traveling. And you were always the person that I gravitated to because you had so much experience as to what was going on. And, you know, I you never lost that joy and that passion and that energy that you have when you go, especially, I think, when you go to Tallahassee and advocate. So can you share a little bit about what is guard? What is it like? You know, because I, I really like your perspective and I know you've been doing it for many, many years. Sure. First, let me back up because our audience might not know enough about why we're traveling and where. Um, So part of the reason we travel a lot is both Fernando and I have been and continue to be very active with not only our local association, Realtor Association, but also our state and national association of realtors because we do a lot of um, advocating for any issue related to the environment, private property rights, or anything that can basically affect real estate um, issues in general. So going back to your question, um, GARD stands for Great American Realtor Days, and it is when all of the realtors who are interested in advocating for issues in their area, whether it's insurance or property taxes or affordability or beach nourishment, whatever it is, we get together and, and throughout the year, we send our ideas and our issues up to the legislative team with Florida Realtors in Tallahassee, and they come up with a list of talking points. And Great American Realtor Days is when we get to go and bring our issues before all of our state legislators. And we set up meetings with them and we tell them the stories of what we're seeing as real estate practitioners, real estate owners, real estate um, investors, small businesses, et cetera. And um, through those stories, we make a huge impact and, and legislation gets changed. And it's super exciting. First of all, I'm a political junkie, nerd, whatever you want to call it. I obsess over politics at all levels and what's going on. And 
the reason I just love Great American Realtor Days and our midwinter meetings up in DC is because we have a seat at the table. And, and to me, that is crazy that we can take our experiences and actually affect change. Yeah. And, and to me, that is so powerful. And it makes us directly involved with the legislative process. It's not just going out and voting, but it's also getting right. those votes to change. And I know you you also fell headfirst into the advocacy um arena and and you've made a huge difference there were actually there was actually a law passed and changed because of your story going to Tallahassee so why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah and 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 just to to your point you know part of part of this is the value of you know when you're engaged at a a local state and national level so if you if you really look at it you know uh, especially us you know we're from Miami so we're we're part of the local Miami Realtors Association, but we're also part of the Florida Realtors Association and, of course, the National Association of Realtors. And what I find really, which is kind of unique to us, is that we're part of the largest local association in the country, but we're also part of the largest state association in the country. You know, Miami has almost 60,000 agents. Florida Realtors has over 230,000 agents. And now when you go at the national level, the National Association of Realtors, many people might not know this, is the largest national trade association in the country with over over 1.5 million agents. So what happens there is because of the size of membership, because real estate affects so many aspects of our society is that, you know, we have a voice, we have a strong voice. And like you said, we, we not only get a seat at the table, but we have some very um, um, in-depth conversations about issues that affect our communities that affect our, 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 our livelihood that affect the, 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 the livelihoods of the businesses that we support, the small businesses we support, especially in the commercial real estate sector. And so like to just to give an example of how that plays out, if I may, on a local, state and national level, you know, when we were at facing a global pandemic and there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, at a state level, you know, through the work of Florida Realtors, we make sure that our services remain essential services, that we were allowed to continue to serve our clients um, and take care of all of the real estate needs and take care of the properties that they needed to be taken care of. At a local levels, we make sure that condo associations gave us access um, to those buildings to make sure that we provided those services. And when the county was establishing guidelines on how to reopen and how to reopen the businesses and what were going to be the new guidelines, we represent a lot of food and beverage uh, companies. And so that was a big you know, question we had a seat at the table as well to, you know, uh, discuss, you know, what are the guidelines that would make the most sense and that would, um, you know, would would be applicable. And then at a federal level, when they were coming up with the PPP program, when they were coming up with the EIDL programs, we just make sure that independent contractors had access to those funds as well so that they can, you know, keep their business afloat and, and be able to grow. And, you know, that's why I know both you and I are, are, are major investors in something called the Realtor Party. Um, you know, we're a purely purple party. We we work with, you know, both parts of the aisle. And that's why it's great about Great American Realtor Days. First of all, it's an exhausting two days because from the moment that you hit the tarmac in Tallahassee, it's one meeting after another. And block, we, block, block, block. right, and we get to have, what, 21 to 25 meetings with state senators and representatives from both the house and the senate and um 
you know, and, and it is really, really worthwhile because they do give us our, their time. We get to speak about issues. What I really love about it is we don't, you know, it's not a one-way conversation, right? So there's a lot of give and, give and take. There's a lot of, you know, great questions that are asked of our issues. And, you know, I think that we have some some very good representatives at a state level that, you know, that are that are that are very thoughtful in that way. So when you go now next Tuesday, um, I mean, next week, when we head out over there, this will be your which number? I mean, you've been you've been going for I quite some time. I have no idea. Yeah, I only took there were only a couple of years I've been in real estate, 24 years, and there's only wow. been a handful of years that I haven't gone. Um, um, I even went when I had really young kids. Maybe that's why I started. My kids were young. I wanted to get, no, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, but no, there were a couple of years where, where I didn't go. I just had too much on my plate, but I missed right. it terribly. And, yeah. um, I think this is, this is the one thing that I'll never let go of ever yeah. because it's, it's so important and you yeah. see it firsthand. And like you said, it's amazing. The energy, yeah. um, the, the legislators up there really do want to hear. And in reality, once they get elected, a lot of times we figure out, oh, well, we elected them. They'll know what to do. And if they don't hear from us, then they only hear from the squeaky wheels. Then that's the kind of legislation that gets passed. And, it's really cool. Years ago, when um, I, I was working on, um, I was a volunteer at the school, and I used to have this one legislator would call me about school issues. Like mm. that's that was the one thing, and he would say, "Hey, this bill's coming up. What do you think?" You know, and I and now the realtors are have that same thing. You know, right. our legislative um, aides get called all the time. Um, and yeah. have really good relationships. And, and you know, our Miami realtor professionals actually had every single legislator in Miami-Dade County yeah. from the city, county, all the way up to state level on speed dial during the pandemic. And yeah. so they were getting the, the politicians, the legislators, they were all getting live action like this is what's happening there's an agent trying to move the customers in and they yeah. can't get into the building yeah. um so there's people that have to get into an office because it's a lab you know there's a lab in there and they can't get into the building um so having yeah. that lifetime help you know on yeah. the go was i mean like a visa commercial priceless <laughs> and you know so just so you know based on registrations and so we're expecting about a thousand agents a thousand members of Florida Realtors to be in Tallahassee for those two crucial days, and yep. uh, you know there there are going to be you know hundreds of meetings that are set up and a lot of events that 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 go around there. It's a very powerful thing. We also do that at a national level, of course. You know, in May we have our legislative meetings where we go to Capitol Hill and and have meetings with our you know um, state representatives and our our um, federal representatives at, at a federal level, but. I one thing before I get to my story, tell us a little bit about the the um, the key contact approach that Florida Reels, because I think that's an interesting dynamic. Right. So people understand that we 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 these relationships that we build, we build it over the course of, of some time. And we always have someone that is a key contact to the state rep or senator. So right, yeah. state and national. So right. yeah, we have the PC, right? And the or the what's it called? PC. FPC, F FPC right. for uh, the, the federal, national, right. right? Federal political coordinator basically 
It's the same as a key contact. So if you explain right. the concept of the key contact, it'll be so, the same. So the key contact is basically you get a realtor member, mostly a large, uh, you know, major investor who's active and involved at the local and state level. And they are assigned a local senator or representative, um, usually their representative or senator. And you start a relationship with that person and you welcome them to office and you pretty much are their main contact for anything related to real estate and realtor issues. And you have a really long ongoing contact with them in the state. It's not as long because of term limits, but in Congress, I mean, Frank Kowalski was Ileana Rosletnin's FPC for, I don't know, decades. So yeah, these are long-term relationships. And, you know, as somebody moves from the House to the Senate or from the Senate, the state Senate on into national Congress, then all of a sudden you've got, you know, you know, an even longer term relationship. And and that relationship is deeper because you're a constituent of theirs. Correct. So you understand what's happening in that local issue in your area and um and so that's that's a that's a really interesting dynamic those are things that you really don't know until you get in there and and start to find out so how 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 is the communication happening from such a large association with everyone who is an elected official so i think that that's a wonderful wonderful part of this but most people like roll their eyeballs like I can imagine a lot of our listeners are probably going, oh, politics and starting to tune out. So let's get into how this applies to them, because I know, I mean, most of my family is like, oh, my gosh, here she goes again. People don't like to talk about politics. They're tired of it um, or or it's just not their thing. But I think in the stories is where you see where you see the effect and where there's a little bit of an excitement or where our listeners will be able to put two and two together or maybe open up their eyes the next time they have an issue with a with a crazy transaction but from That's a business so standpoint real quick just you know we we were one of the first states um and it was pre covid where from a commercial standpoint we got rid of the two witnesses requirement on a lease which if you yeah. are a commercial practitioner in the state of florida a lot of attorneys don't even know that yet um, but the other thing we got is the online notarization right. which is also very important and both of those things help tremendously so that's just a sign of right. of how little changes make a big difference in our practices. So I would encourage any of our listeners out there who are in real estate, if you have an issue or an idea that you're facing to contact your local realtor association, right. even if you might not be a realtor member, just saying yeah. what you're what you're seeing in your market, because all of a sudden, you know, there could be a law. No doubt. That was passed or an ordinance <laughs> for sure that gets passed to address your issue. So go ahead yeah. with yours because yours is pretty incredible. Yeah, no, this is this is really what got me, you know, incredibly, you know, I, I, I just was in awe of the process and how it works. So in in 2018, I got a call from a past client to sell his 24 unit apartment building in in North Miami. And I remember that it surprised me because I had sold another multifamily apartment building for them in Little Havana. And at that time, I learned that their North Miami property was, you know, their most priced, you know, real estate asset. And I I thought that, you know, there was little chance that they would have an interest in selling for a very, very long time. But um, he assured me that he had a very personal reason for selling the property. So a month into the listing, we go under contract. Both him and his legal counsel assured me 
that they were unconcerned with a provision in the contract that would compel a seller to close any open um, um, permits of the property or expired permits. They had owned, my clients had owned the property since 2001. Um, and my client was certain that there would be, you know, basically no surprises. So I, I think both you and, and the audience can, you know, kind of guess what happened next. You know, the lien search comes back and it shows that there were nine open permits from 1998 that were ranging from electrical to structural work and a couple of safety to life issues. These are 20 year old permits that lay dormant at the municipal level. Um, he never received a letter from the city, never a visit from an inspector, uh, even while securing not one, but two 40 year recertifications. A 40 year recertifications for people who don't know is that if once a property is 40 years old, you have to do an inspection of the property. The property has to be recertified by the city. Um, and this is something that is was up to now very specific to Miami-Dade County. Now it's going to be uh, statewide to a large degree. And all even through that process, these issues never surface. And as you could imagine, addressing these open and expired permits uh, proved to be incredibly expensive. Uh, it was a very difficult proposition dealing with the city. And the city really didn't feel compelled to help. They didn't feel compelled to expedite or accommodate the property owner. They were just saying, well, those permits are there and they have to be addressed. There was no consideration for how long they were dormant. There was no consideration for the lack of communication. So I'm going to spare everybody the details. But basically, the seller uh, tried to reason with the buyer uh, and get out of the contract. Buyer sues the seller for non-performance. The seller's attorney wants to sue the city. And in between all of this, my client is like, Fernando, I really need to address this. I need you to talk to the buyer and I need you to negotiate the way out of this, which we did. And we negotiated a settlement, which cost him $100,000. Now, he has some legal options at his disposal, but the cost of litigation, mm -hmm. you know, would have mm -hmm. far exceeded that number. So, you know, you make those considerations, but there was another reason. And you see, my client's oldest son was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and a few months it happened before a few months before he called me and the disease was so debilitating that his child had a difficult time walking this is an adult son um and he's seeing his you know baby boy going through mm -hmm. this and he also had limited use of his right hand and my client had found a treatment center in arizona that was very promising was obviously very costly and you know it would be a long-term uh, treatment center for his son so um he needed the money to afford to send his baby son to this 12-month program. Right. And his priority wasn't closing permits that he had nothing to do with, right? So and he was really put in an impossible position. Right, right. He couldn't focus on what he needed to focus on. Right. The transaction closes on December 30th, 2018. Three weeks later, I'm attending Florida Realtors midwinter meetings, and I told the story. And there was already conversation among the realtors to address this. So, of course, in March, while, you know, hundreds of realtors descend upon Tallahassee, like we're going to be doing next year, a bill that was addressing open and expired permits was already drafted. It was it had found sponsors and we were there to support that bill. And I remember that um, on the last day of session, you know, House Bill 447 passes and it allows local governments to basically close a permit that has uh, six years after its issuance, as long as there's no apparent safety hazard 
um, or and it also prevents local governments from penalizing property owners for open permits that were opened by a previous owner. And so, you know, this is why I'm a major investor. This is why I, I go to guard in Tallahassee because I've seen it work firsthand. And I know that this is an issue that, that now, you know, all homeowners in the state of Florida don't have to go through because now there's a clear pathway to address those issues. And all property owners, right? Because it's not just owners. it's not just homeowners. Yours happen to be a multifamily. And yeah, that's right. what's so great is that it doesn't matter where the story comes from. In the end, if it's a business bill, it affects everybody, like the business yeah. rent tax, right? You right. think that that only affects businesses. So we're the yeah. only state in the country. Florida is the only state in the country that has a sales tax on leases, on commercial leases. So we've been able to whittle that down little by little, but that's, and and eventually it's going to go away once we um, restore the unemployment benefits in the state coffers. Once those get to pre-COVID levels, we should be bringing the business rent tax down from what is currently in Miami-Dade, six and a half percent in the state, five and a half percent down to three and a half and two and a half respectively. And we're going to keep working on that until it's completely gone, but that will affect everybody because even though it only right. affects business leases in the bigger picture, if it's a less of an expense on a business, it brings yeah. in more businesses, et cetera. Well, so. three, three and two, because it's it's supposed to go down to two, right. but because Miami-Dade County it has, has a surtax of right. 1%, then it's three for, for right. Miami-Dade County. Um, a huge heavy lift, right? Because you're basically asking the state to not take in this additional income, right. but we found a very creative way to address it so that, you know, you would have, again, uh, you know, a, a, a really a good setup for businesses here in Florida. You and know, Florida is a great place to do business to begin right, with, right. but this was the biggest. So, and it ended up being a budget neutral cut, right? Because correct. we found, we found, uh, we found another way. We found the money another <laughs> way um, yeah. without cutting anything else. Um, right. So that was, exactly. that was another, not to toot Miami realtors form, but I have to, um, because that was another bill that came out of Miami's leadership at Redlick was, or still yeah. is, but he was the commercial president at the time. He um, is a big uh, industrial Broker. realtor broker. Mm -hmm. And um, he saw this as an issue and he just felt it was completely unfair. And he had lost some deals from companies wanting to move here, expand when they saw that, how much that um, tax was. And he took it to Tallahassee and we've been whittling yeah. it away. So woohoo. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm excited because I think we should um, take some time while we're all there to maybe record one of these uh, podcasts so that people can see a little bit of the behind the scenes yeah. of what happens in Tallahassee. So I'm 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 really excited for that. Um, so then let me uh, ask you, as we do at the end of all of our uh, podcasts, what is uh, any any special um data point, uh, stat, and piece of information that you have uh, come across this week that you find interesting to share? Yeah. And I like that you're asking me at the end because you threw in a ton of stats at the beginning. You were like, <laughs> boom, 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 just in case you asked me at the end. Just in so case. yeah, just in case I yeah. make his, because we're not allowed. You didn't talk. So okay. we, we don't share with each other what the stats are. So Correct. 
Um, he doesn't know what's that I'm going to throw out there. And I'm like, Ooh, what if he takes mine? And so I'm sure that's why he threw in all the stats at the beginning. So just in case I took his stats at the end. Um, but since I I know, I almost have a terrible reputation. (laughs) Since I know insurance is still a huge issue, even after the special legislative session, my stat, um, is related to the insurance industry and the fact that in Florida, even though, um, we are only 80% of homeowner, uh, we, we are 80% of homeowner lawsuits, even though Florida represents only 9% of homeowners claims. And a lot of that has to do with assignment of benefits. And um, we can get into that later, or you can contact us or Google it if you don't know what assignment of benefit means, because if advocacy puts you asleep assignment of benefits will really kill the <laughs> podcast right here and there but um but that to yeah. me was a crazy stat and that just goes to you know the fraud in the state so yeah. um that was my stat 80 percent of lawsuits but only nine percent of the claims well so now i know if i ever come unprepared i'll just say well that i that was the oh my god that's exactly what i was thinking he will too he totally will <laughs> But he's never he's never unprepared <laughs> either. So no, but I will say that um what I found really um interesting, a lot of the conversation nowadays about the skyrocketing um, you know, interest rates uh, that have increased and the velocity of those changes and how it affects real estate. And we get asked about how's the market, what's gonna happen all the time. I think one of the stats that I came across that is very important to understand is, you know, that real estate is really you know, a, a product of supply and demand, right? We're affected by that, those two, those two forces more than anything else. And the reality is that we have underbuilt from, um, you know, 50 year averages, uh, you know, for many, many years, you know? Um, and one of the stats that I found interesting is that if you look at apartment and multifamily development, we're actually seeing a 40 year high in new starts. So in February, I found out that there are 620,000 new units that uh, have been, you know, uh, the the ground has been broken and they're building it now all around the, the country. But when it comes to single family homes, right, we're at about 830,000 new units that are going to come into the market. That the, the average is usually about a million units. So for the last 15 years, we've been below that number. And so when people talk about, okay, what's going to happen with the values of properties, what's what's going to happen with, um, you know, it, with transactions, you know, we, always keep in mind that our demographics, our growth is far exceeding the number of units that we're building. And until we start to build that, then there's always going to be, you know, at this point, more demand than supply because housing is a necessity. It is a need. And so, you know, that's another component that you always want to look at. So I thought it was really interesting, the dynamics of we're building more apartments and, and multifamily units rather than, and you know, which are really rental units rather than the single family homes that are mostly, you know, for, for purchase. So um, um, that was that came, by the way, from Lawrence Yoon, who is the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors. And by the way, he is a great follow in LinkedIn. Yeah. There's a lot of great data that comes out of there. So if you're in real estate in any capacity, Highly recommend for you to follow Lawrence Yoon. Agreed. And I think that could be another podcast, right? The episode of, you know, multifamily starts and what that means and housing, because 
the conversation for so long has been in the last several years, and especially since the pandemic, that we're becoming a nation of renters, right? And yeah. so that's why multifamily has been on such a huge street nationally with ridiculously low cap rates. Okay. Um, and and what does that mean? You know, that's a big philosophical mean. What does it mean? Yeah. For a country that before has always pushed towards home ownership and and how home ownership and and then moving on from home ownership into investments and everything, how real estate has really created to an individual's wealth, what what that right. means, right? If we go yeah. to being a, a anyway, that's a question for another. No, time. absolutely, and we're <laughs> going to have to have uh, Lawrence Yoon yeah. join our podcast so that we can uh, ask him all those great and interesting questions. Well, guys, thank you very much. This is, uh, I think, episode three. Yep, three four or five. I have no idea, but there's, we have three in the queue. So we'll see when this comes <laughs> out and we'll figure it out. But uh, thank you for listening. And I think that's it. Have a great one. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs>